You're listening to another episode of Applaudable Perspectives. Today, we've brought in Brownsville, Haywood County, Tennessee Tourism Director, Mm -hmm. Tina Turner, Museum Curator, my friend, Sonia Outlaw-Clark. So we are here with Sonia Outlaw-Clark. If you have been following us and our work for the last few years, Pam actually first met Sonia. Won't you tell us about how you guys first connected? It was the beginning of the end. Well, (laughs) Cindy Dupree, who was with the state at the time, she was the director of tourism for the state, said, I want you to meet this woman. And I said, oh, sure, any, any friend of yours is a friend of mine. And she said, yeah, Sonia Outlaw-Clark. I, she, I said, yeah, haha. what's her name, really? She said, I promise you that's her name. I said, I want to meet this outlaw. So we went and had lunch. Remember that? I did. And she had sent me some information about this crazy woman who lived in the Brownsville area, and she had found uh, a school that was rural school falling into disrepair in a field, and she tracked it down to the school where Miss Tina Turner went to school in her Flag Grove school, and her uh, uncle built the school to help educate the local kids. And she said, we got to renovate this thing. And so I met her. I'm like, okay, I'll help you. Here you go. Here's some money. And uh, then I was involved at the time with the Tennessee Preservation Trust, and we came down here for a board meeting and a conference. And on the way home, it was in May, I stopped to see Sonia. And I didn't even know if you were going to be there. And it was May 5th because you had Cinco de Mayo. She said, let me show you what's going on with the school. And I went in and it wasn't finished yet. And I'm like, this is amazing. This is so exciting. So I said, Sonia, you're going to need help when this thing opens. And you were like, what? I'm like, she's a major star. You're going to need help marketing this thing. She says, really? You think so? I said, yes, I do. And we'd like to help you. So... That's how it all got started, basically. I'm cutting it down as short short as possible. <laughs> and the rest is history. Yeah. So you, tell tell what happened. I mean, I probably got a couple of things wrong, but fill in the gaps. You, you were already there. You were already... Tell what you were doing before the Flag Grove School appeared. Okay. In, so, your, in, your, back, in the, your backyard, basically. <laughs> so I am technically the director of the West Tennessee Delta Heritage Center in Brownsville, Tennessee, which is now home to the Tina Turner Museum. We, uh, I was working there. We had the opportunity to save the school. It was um, a matter of being at the right place at the right time, learning about the school, having just off-chance conversations with a few people, and realizing that we could actually move the whole building instead of just trying to save some stuff that was inside of it. So... We started that journey, and we moved a one-room African-American schoolhouse from Nutbush, Tennessee, to Brownsville. And Nutbush is just a small farming community outside of Brownsville. We moved it about 15 miles, and it now sits on the grounds of the Delta Heritage Center and has been restored and is the only Tina Turner Museum. In the world. In the world, absolutely. That's right. And what else is there that people can visit? You can visit museum, and then you have another attraction, too. We have the last home of bluesman Sleepy John Estes. Uh, Sleepy John was one of the blues pioneers in the early 1900s, just when the blues genre was beginning to take shape and um, take form. We also have a West Tennessee Cotton Museum because we are the largest cotton-producing area in Tennessee. We have a Hatchie River Museum. Hatchie River is the last wild river in the lower Mississippi system. It's never been altered or um, 
channelized or anything. Nothing has ever been done to it. It still has this unique floodplain. Still makes its own path. And of course, we have the West Tennessee Music Museum because there's a tremendous amount of musical heritage in West Tennessee. So beyond Tina, talk to us a little bit about the musical heritage that you have on display in the Music Museum. Well, of course, most people will recognize Carl Perkins, who was from the Jackson area. We have Eddie Arnold, Tennessee Plowboy. Tennessee who was, Plowboy, yep. yeah. Welcome to my world. Won't you come on in? Okay, go ahead. And oh, we also have another, like, hipster, a little bit younger person who is from West Tennessee. Right, JT? Isn't he from this area? Justin Timberlake? Justin Timberlake is from this yeah. area. Yes, he is. Uh, Valerie June is also from West Tennessee. Oh, and they just announced that we were, uh, as of today, the date we were recording this podcast, that uh, Valerie June's going to be playing the Pilkers Festival. Wow. Uh, in Franklin, wow. Tennessee. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And oh. also, I, I want to say that anyone who's listening and you have ever heard about the Americana Music Triangle, Sonia's attractions are on the triangle. And if you haven't heard about it, look it up and drive the triangle and come visit some of these wonderful attractions along the rural highways of America. Absolutely. Okay. And and in addition to the museums that you have um, at the West Tennessee Delta Heritage Center, you also put on events throughout the entire year. Now that uh, the pandemic is yeah. passing and, and events are starting to open back up, what's uh, do you have things on the calendar that are, or you're looking in 2022 as the things that will be coming back to the calendar? Well, we're hoping everything will be coming back. Yeah. We know that there will be some changes that will have to be made. Our, we just got through with our first in-person event, which was our Hatchie Bird Fest. Uh, we take people out on the refuge and show them um, a good time birding and learning about bird conservation. Our Exit 56 Blues Fest is probably our biggest event. That happens on Memorial Day weekend, and um, it's a two-day event that features, has a women in blues feature. Uh, we really pay homage to our blues heritage in the area. The country blues kind of had its birth in in our area thanks to people like sleepy john estes yank rachel hammy nixon noah lewis um sonny boy williams the first uh those people were really instrumental in the blues industry and they came from right here in our little rural communities now we'll exit 56 blues fest without be returning in 2021 or in 2022 in 2021 we're doing an abbreviated festival okay. we're going to do a one day in 22 we're hoping we'll be back for the full two-day festival and is it a memorial day weekend this year again? it is it is we'll be doing now it on what is Saturday. the cost for this event it's free 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 free, 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 free. free, free. <laughs> i mean you can't beat it uh, i mean this amazing museum Usually you have free coffee or lemonade or something. Absolutely. Bathrooms that are clean. Mm -hmm. Cleanest restrooms on I-40. It's true. I'm in between the you. music, you've got plenty of things to check out with the exhibits in yeah. the area. Yeah. I mean, really until there's something for kids. And uh, I mean, I've, I've never saw green cotton before I came to your museum. I'm like, what is this? Like, it comes out green. I'm like, whoa, that's cool. <laughs> but let's let's dial back and go back. Because she is such a hot topic right now with the HBO Max documentary, Talk talk to us about the discovery process. How did you find the what became the um, discovery of the Flag Grove School, and then um, how did you go about not only interpreting the Tina part of the story, but there was an important story to tell just about Flag Grove and the students itself. Mm -hmm. 
Right. Well, originally, the owner of the property that the school sat on, uh, his wife, just one day said to me, you should get a chalkboard and one of those desks out of the old school that Tina attended. And I said, I'm not sure what you're talking about. And she said, we have the old school that Tina attended as a child is in our pasture. Uh, it's being used as a barn right now, but there's still chalkboard and desk and stuff in that building. You should get one. And I thought, well, you know, that's really interesting. I should get one. Well, like a week later, I was at a tourism conference that Dr. Carol Van West, who is the director for the Center of Historic Preservation and also our Tennessee historian now. Right, Middle Tennessee State University, which mm -hmm. Mark Logsdon, in this vehicle, even as we speak, is a graduate of, an alum of. Just have to do a plug for MTSU. There you go. Go ahead. <laughs> So I went up to talk to Dr. West after it was over with, and I said, I have a chance to get these items out of the school. And he looked at me and he said, you don't want to do that. And, you know, my I know my jaw just dropped to the floor because I'm like, here's this great preservationist telling me I don't want something out of it. He said, I've been there, I've seen it, and you need to save the whole building. Wow. And you said, easy for you to say. <laughs> no, I was like, no, you know, I think my exact words was, yeah, that's going to happen. But, you know, things just, um, another week later, I was at um, a chamber board retreat, and the owner of the building was also a chamber board member, and we were on a break, and I just said, what are you going to do with that old building? And and he said, you know, I don't know. Why are you interested in it? And I said, well, I might be. And he said, well, I'm probably not. You know, if I ever do something, I'll probably just, you know, he named off a couple of things he might do. And so, you know, I just thought that was that. I never mentioned it to anybody else. I never told my board of directors. I never talked to my mayor. I never talked to anybody about it. And several months later, he came to me and said, are you still interested in that? And I said, yeah. And he said, well, we're fixing to tear it down to put an irrigation system in. If you want it, you need it gone in the next three months. And I'm like, oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing like a deadline to get you off going, right? Yeah. So, you know, that's usually what I need is a deadline. So here I went to my mayor, who is technically my boss because our facility is owned by the city of Brownsville. And I said, okay, I've got this opportunity, and fortunately, she said, oh, we can't let that go. Go come up with a plan and come back to me. So I went to my board. We came up with a three-year plan and went back to the mayor and the board of aldermen, and they said, we will move that school, but you are responsible for raising the private funds to restore it. Wow. Piece of cake. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. Well, see, that's what the three years came in, because we thought, three years, surely we can raise enough money to do something in three years. But now, our idea of what we were going to do with that school was totally different than what it turned out as. Now, how does the queen of rock and roll, living in Sweden, I think, correct? Switzerland. Switzerland. Um, how does she get get gain knowledge that this school has been discovered? Yeah, it wasn't like a cakewalk, right? It took it took a little bit of doing. It took a little bit of doing. Fortunately, she was really good friends with someone who still lived in Brownsville, um, Miss Carolyn Flagg, who just happened to be on my board, and as well as a city alderman. And she got to rifling through some old papers and stuff and found Rhonda Graham's number 
from years ago. Now, and, and if people don't know who Rhonda Graham is, if you've watched the documentary, you'll see her history. But she was Tina's I guess, person, personal, personal assistant, assistant, personal yes. manager uh, from, from mm-hmm. the 60s on. Yeah, or, like yeah. for 50-something 50 50 years. years. Yeah. yeah. And unfortunately, she just passed. She did. Very sad. She did. Very sad. Um, but amazingly, she still had the same phone number from like 30 years before that. Wow. And we were able to get through to her and tell her what we were doing. And, <laughs> and you are tenacious. You do not take no for an answer. <laughs> no, but all I asked for was a simple quote for a press release. <laughs> and I got that, and I was happy. And we were going to restore the school uh, back into a regular classroom and show because right. education, the education component of that school is tremendous. But didn't you have to prove to Tina that it actually was the very school that she went to? I mean, it wasn't like... You it wasn't a, the white school. It, wasn't, it wasn't the white school, mm-hmm. yes. Right. Originally, she thought we were talking about the white school in Nutbush because when Tina was in the Nutbush area, there was Nutbush proper, and then there were all these other little communities like Flag Grove, like Cedar Chapel, like, you know, all that's St. Peter's. So, which we all just call Nutbush now, but when she was there, those communities were pretty prominent for her. So, when we said Nutbush, she assumed it was the white school that we were putting her name on. But once she saw pictures of the actual school and recognized it, she realized we were moving her school. Well, I mean, that's just fantastic. So, to the process from getting it on to your facility at the West Tennessee Delta Heritage Center to grand opening day. What did, what was that timeline look like? Well, we had envisioned that it would be a three-year process. We actually did it in two years. Fantastic. Wow. Thanks to the help of wonderful people like Pam. Hey, if it's a building and it needs help, call me. I'm, I, I, I love underdogs. I love orphans. <laughs> I mean, I want... That was so thrilling, I mean, I have to say. And it still is. And it's jam-packed with memorabilia. Talk about some of the things that are in the museum. Yeah, so once we got the school moved and we started the restoration project, and like I said, we were just going to do it as an old school. No, No electricity, no heating and air, none of that. And Tina came forward and said, you know what, I'm going to donate some costumes i'm gonna send you some gold record awards we're gonna do you know i've got some photos and you have you you have mock stages from you know before the digital era when they would do it on computers you've actually got one of the stage mock-ups yeah i do Mm -hmm. so when that happened we had to totally regroup and rethink about what all that building had to have we had to have climate control Mm -hmm. we had to have you know, we had to have a lot of things. Interpretation that we and signage mm-hmm. and all that. How many people do you do you feel... Well, let's just talk about when did it open and how many people would you guesstimate have been through it since its inception? Oh, wow. We opened in 2012. We moved it in 2012. We opened in 2014. Since that time, up until the pandemic, we had averaged about thirty to 32,000 people a year coming through there. Wow. Fantastic. Especially That's for wonderful. a community like, you know, like Brownsville. It's not in a major no. hub like Memphis or Nashville is on the, on the I-40 circuit. But, yeah. but it is literally right off the interstate. So mm-hmm. if you're anywhere near Jackson or Memphis or leaving Nashville and going west... 
do stop because it's it's it would be a shame to miss it. I tell everybody to go. And it was designed by one of Tina's designers, right? As well, was part of the teamwork on it. Right, Stephen Seals, Stephen Seals Associates out of New York City, designed the exhibit and put it all together for us. Absolutely, and he's been profiled in Architectural Digest and all mm-hmm. kinds of mm-hmm. the museum and and trade publications. But uh, in addition to the Tina Turner Museum, you also host the Tina Turner Heritage Days. Mm-hmm. We and do. And you have had some fantastic guests connected to Tina throughout the years. Talk a little bit about who comes out for that, uh, for your talent, as well as who the audience is for that, uh, that event. Tina Turner Heritage Days happens on the fourth weekend of September. And it has been so much fun to be a part of the fan group that comes out from all over the world. And we literally have people from all over the world coming for this event. We uh, have had talent like Larry Edwards, Hot Chocolate, uh, Tina Impersonator from Las Vegas. And you, and just for a side note, you have seen Larry Edwards in What's Love Got to Do With It. He was in that a film about Tina. He's also featured in Miss Congeniality 2. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Miss Robbie Montgomery, Sweetie <laughs> Parker, Pie. Are you, are you a fan of Tina's by any chance? I'm a fan of Tina. I'm also <laughs> a fan of Hot Chocolate Larry Edwards. <laughs> <laughs> this is so much better than me doing the interview. He knows the way he's a much better interviewer. <laughs> this is great. This is a good tag team zone, yeah? But, but in addition to Larry, I mean, you've even had iCats at the facility. That's right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Miss Robbie. Robbie Montgomery has been there a few years. Rhonda Graham is also Rhonda Graham was there as long as she could be there. She and, was there every year. And um, you have you've had uh, a lot of input from people who still live in the area who knew Tina growing mm-hmm. up and were her classmates. And so that's really an amazing legacy too to be able to have that. Uh, first-hand knowledge of what it was like growing up here. And if you haven't heard of the song Nutbush City Limits, Google it and come visit Nutbush because it is an actual place in, in Tennessee. But there are no city limits. There are no city limits. There are no city limits. And motorcycles might be allowed in it now. They might be. <laughs> but, um, I mean, so let's let's dive in just before we close the podcast. We want to hear about how did you get into museums and tourism Mm. now you are the director of tourism for the city of brownsville or for hayward county what's the what's the brownsville hayward county brownsville okay um so talk to us about that that uh storyline how did how did this become a part of who you are oh my gosh i'm not even sure how that happened um (laughs) right place right time well you were a journalist right you've been you're a good writer and you've been that's helped open doors for your career well this has been i think this is like my third or fourth career um i started out as a cosmetologist i did hair for about 18 years then i went to work for the local newspaper doing graphic design and uh production uh that's where i learned my writing skills Mm -hmm. had a great editor who was you know who i credit entirely with what I know about writing and marketing because before that I don't think I could even put a sentence together correctly. Uh, Then I, you know, in the meantime I'm doing lots of volunteer work, lots of event planning in the community, really involved in the chamber and a lot of other organizations there and when the opportunity came available to work at the Delta Heritage Center I was actually on that board 
And when the previous director resigned, I resigned my position on the board and applied for it, and I got it. Wow. That's really neat. When did you start working at the Delta Heritage? January 1, 2010. Okay. Wow. Oh, so then, so I guess right around the time, did you guys connect in... Uh, 2012. 2012. Yeah. Gotcha. So just a few years afterwards. We went to Bell and Apley and had lunch. Yes. Remember Delicious. That? Yes. Yeah. Now, are you um, a Hayward County native? I am. You Born are. and raised there um, on a cotton farm. Century Farm. Still live there. Wow. Well, that's great. I mean, there's no one that can better tell the history of a community than someone who's just been a part of it for, for years. And, and, and you live on a beautiful part of the country, too. Sonia shares sunsets and sunrises on facebook and they're just gorgeous they're frameable you know so well and one of the things that um from reading uh tina turner's books and the documentary she always talks about how she didn't have an easy life but she had like a great life Mm -hmm. sonia let's kind of wrap up what is a piece of advice that that you think that you should you would give to someone or even your younger self to help you develop a great life Good question, Mark. Wow. Eat at Helen's once a week. <laughs> <laughs> Fried barbecue. That is uh, there bologna and fried bologna. Uh, yeah, barbecue mm-hmm. bologna. Yes. Yeah. If you if you happen to venture this way, also go visit Helen's, which is pretty famous. No credit cards, right? Right. Got to have cash. Bring cash or, or a, check or a check. Yep. But not yeah. to be missed. Her barbecue. You know, I think advice I would give a younger me would probably be, you know, I want to say just, you know, if if you... Just let it go. If you... I think my... Well, my, I mean, I think about what I want to say, but that's what I did, so it's not really advice well, well, because I, I did it. If I if I had to say, like, what are, what are one of the things I admire about you most is that you have a quiet determination about you and you are tenacious but you're not pushy you're not in anybody's face you just do it really quietly in this sort of west tennessee country fashion that is so engaging and people love you and and they write checks they get involved (laughs) you you your passion is contagious but you do it in a very quiet non-threatening nurturing way i guess is the best way to put it don't you say that about her yeah well there's just an authenticity thank you that yes you, that you can't craft you or can't create mm-hmm. it's just you and that's the best part i mean me looking at you i, I would say uh, one of the things that i um, i think you you provide to others is to never underestimate the um, value of someone that know that has a passion for what they're doing would dream big too. yeah exactly i mean because someone you could have easily let that school go you could have easily built an education portion of it and not had the bravery to you know let let someone come in and help you find a connection to see if it, if uh, that story could be a, a bigger story than the one that you had you had discovered could we could we connect with a lady that is an icon Mm-hmm. You know, and that she's from that community, but she... You weren't intimidated yeah. by Yeah. 
Tell real well, quick. I th- and well, I also I just, think I also think you went into that without expectation. Yes, that's right too. Yeah. Well, I just think that you have to go with your guts and you have to do what you feel is right, and it doesn't matter what anybody else thinks or does. If you feel like something needs to happen, you need to make it happen. Mm-hmm. That's mm-hmm. the advice. Mm-hmm. That's part of your mantra. That's that's how that's how you've been able to create such incredible. But stories and destinations and, and, doors and, be and a, windows started opening and then you recognize the opportunity and you went through them you know like you said oh i, I was just going to save a desk and from just saving a desk and a chalkboard look what happened uh talk about one of just real quick in closing talk about one of the thrilling perks of your job that happened one of the dreams a couple like Recently was what two years ago, a year and a half ago. Yeah, you got to do. This is pretty cool. We're so jealous. We wish we'd been able to go with you. <laughs> well, and I didn't know it was going to happen when I went, but I was fortunate enough to get to attend the opening of the Tina musical on Broadway, and afterwards I was invited to meet Tina. And that was the first and time. The first time I had ever met her. And it was amazing. She, and it was a private dinner, right? It was. And she is such a sweet lady. And she's she's very authentic. She's, mm-hmm. you know, there was nothing put on about her. She was just, you know, she felt like a hometown girl, which mm-hmm. she is. Mm-hmm. It was really nice to be able to sit with her and to talk to her and feel comfortable mm-hmm. and know that she's just real like everybody else is even though she's an international superstar and musical icon well perfect sonia thank you so much for joining us today we loved having you on applaudable perspectives and uh, if you if anyone out there listening wants to stop by and, and wants to find more information what's the uh, the url for the website for the museum westtnheritage.com that's it. West, West Heritage. What exit are you on? We are on exit 56 off of I-40. There we go. I-40 Perfect. West. All right. Well, thank you so much. And uh, tune in. We have more episodes to come. And uh, continue to share incredible stories here on Applaudable Perspectives. This is the farthest we've driven for an interview. <laughs> <laughs> tune in next time when we talk to multi-instrumentalist and multi-Grammy winner John McEwen.